0: We on? All? all right. One, two, three, go! Waking up in a dream. Sleep. Welcome on another big stage. Welcome and never to the special peace to edition
1: of the WRSU crew here on 88.7 FM or WRSU.org. My name is Jack Pesea, Dylan Allen, Dylan McCoy, Dennis Geisler from Virginia. We're all talking here about Rutgers football. It's coming up to the season. It's very close. It's very exciting, but... We're going to continue our discussion with a special guest here on the show. His name is Greg Petuto. He's the newly minted managing editor of OnTheBanks.com, filling in the shoes for Aaron Brightman. He's going to be coming on the show to talk about Rutgers football. Greg Petuto, welcome on. Greg, you got me? Yes, I'm here. Awesome, Greg. Thank you for coming on, and I uh, appreciate it. And uh, we'll jump right into it. First off, I want to ask you a question about your new role at On the Banks SB Nation and how it's been uh, treating you over the first couple weeks of your new job. How have, you, how have you liked it?
0: Oh, it's been great. You know, Aaron Brightman really built something special with On the Banks, um, and I was able to experience that firsthand. Um, I was a writer for under him for two years, and now being able to take over the reins now that he's moved on, um you know, I'm really fortunate to be able to do that and especially now at a time where Rutgers sports seems to be seems to be going up from where it was in previous years, you know, it's something really special.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Greg. You know, uh we've been talking about Media Day. It's the first real news to uh come out of the Rutgers camp so far and you know, a lot of conversation about the quarterback room, so you know, if you had to put your money on who starts game one, do you think it's Noah Vedrill? Do you think it's Gavin Wimsatt? Or do you take the alternate route, think it's Evan Simon? I want to hear your thoughts on that.
0: If I had to make a bet on it, I'm taking, I think, Noah Vedrill starts game one. Um, Greg Schiano did say that there's a legitimate three-quarterback competition, you know, heading into camp. So Evan Simon will have a chance to battle it out, even though he seems like, you know, the clear cut number three, but he will have his chance in terms of just experience, knowing the offense, uh, being comfortable under both coachiano and Sean Gleason. I think Vedrill has the clear upper hand in this battle. You know, people forget because of how highly touted a recruit that he was coming in that Gavin Winsett is a true freshman this year. You know, he got the chance to get his seat went last year when he was supposed to be a high school senior. So there's still plenty of time for his day to come. And it might even come later in the season if Rutgers gets off to a slow start, Vedril's not playing well, um, you know, things start to go bad. Then we could see whims at sooner than later, but I think game one, they'll hand it over to Vedrill and kind of, you know, keep his momentum going from the previous two years. I agree, Greg, and now let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. The, the linebacker room has been, I would say, kind of the backbone of Rutgers football for a long time now. And this year, unlike any other year, there's a lot of injuries and a lot of departures at that position. Fadikasi, Tyshawn Fogg, Maddox Williams, all leaving the program, graduating and, and going to the NFL. And Moses Walker, four-star recruit, tearing his ACL earlier this year. How different do you think the the defense is going to look this year, especially um under new coaching by the new defensive coordinator Joe Harris simiak how do you think that's going to play out for Rutgers? Well, it's going to look extremely different right off the bat when you lose a player like Fatsukasi, who's you know one of the best linebackers not only in the Big Ten but in the nation. You know, a leader on that defense that immediately um, impacts the team. But the injuries haven't helped either. Obviously, uh, Muhammad Toure out for the season. You mentioned Moses Walker. There's going to be players that are going to have to step up. And the one that comes to mind immediately is Tyreen Powell. Um, Shiano's talked at length about the player that he is and the role that he's going to be able to step into. Um, New Jersey kid. And he's going to play a big role in replacing these linebackers. Also, I'm interested to see what Kyrie Banton does in his second year. You know, he didn't really get much of a chance. Obviously, last year as a freshman, again, another young kid, um, New Jersey prospect that was highly touted coming in this year should see a little more of him and what he'll be able to contribute. Um, But you're right. a, A strength of the team in previous years now goes to a bit of a weakness. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of the decisions that are made on that side of the ball.
1: And Greg, staying at the linebacker position, there's an interesting uh, story going on with linebacker Drew Singleton um, as he's trying to be reinstated um, by the NCAA and as he hopes to return for the 2022 season. You put out an article earlier today about uh, Drew Singleton's situation for people who may not know what's going on with Drew Singleton and uh, the situation that's going on with him. Maybe enlighten people on what's going on and maybe give your opinion on if you think he's going to be on the team this year.
0: Yeah, Drew Singleton's situation was a bit of a unique one as to where he declared for the draft, signed an agent, um, went undrafted, and I'll get into specific reasons. He might have been undrafted in a second, but went undrafted. Now he's trying to return to Rutgers um, for his final year. He has one year of eligibility left. Um, He put in a petition to the NCAA, which was declined at first. That was expected and now he's appealing that, and him and Ruckers, Greg Shiano, everybody's just waiting on that decision. Um, And Shiano really went into great detail on why he believes he should be able to play this season. Um, For those who don't know, he did declare after the season finale for the draft, and Rutgers was a late addition to the Gator Bowl on New Year's Eve. He decided to come back playing that game on eight days rest and eight days preparation, which not many people do when they're trying to, you know, pursue a professional career. He suffered an injury in that game that hindered his progress, training and preparing for the NFL, ended up going undrafted. So this is a very unique situation. Um, right now there's no sense on what's going to happen. Um, Greg Schiano is hopeful that he's able to return. That would be a huge addition to this linebacking group that's, you know, as weak as it's been in, in many years. Um, so there's no really initial sense on if he'll be able to return but they're going through the appeal process and kind of waiting, you know, for the NCAA to make a decision.
1: And shifting the conversation, Greg, over to our NFL Scarlet Knights now, uh, newly minted NFL Scarlet Knights, and Bo Melton and, and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I wanted I wanted to give your opinion on what you think um, their future are future are, is in the NFL. Uh, both Bo Melton and Isaiah Pacheco reporting for training camp as the NFL is getting started. Um, I just wonder if you heard anything about how they're doing out there. Maybe some people who might have been might not have been following the early parts of training camp. Um, how do you think that they'll do um, moving into this season? Because obviously they are uh, both well-known members of Rutgers over the past couple of years, and now they're starting the next chapters in the NFL.
0: Well, the main thing we learned in the combine, which all Rutgers fans know and anybody who watched Rutgers football is that both are extremely fast. And that's the reason that NFL teams are taking a chance on them. I mean, it's clear to see that Isaiah Pacheco is in the better situation as far as franchise right now in the nfl with bo melton being in seattle having just traded russell wilson you know so being a pass catcher in seattle right now might not be the best place to be but as everybody knows who has watched the scarlet knights you put him in a game he's a playmaker he's fast a bit undersized but as a slot receiver um on a team that's looking to rebuild if bo melton's given a chance you know he can he could catch the ball and go um there's no inkling on what's going to happen with either player um Isaiah Pacheco you know he's behind a few guys in Kansas City they kind of have their guys locked in right now as they continue to fight for AFC titles Super Bowls you know all of that good stuff but as far as ceilings it's going to be soon that not only Rutgers fans know who these two players are if they're given a chance
1: last question for here uh for you here Greg um I'm going to give you a question on the schedule. We've been talking about it over the past, little uh, forty-five minutes or so since we started the uh, started this show, uh, talking about the schedule and the benefits and pitfalls. Um, give me your opinion on the schedule, um, our non-conference start, and then our Big Ten, uh Big Ten slate, and then what do you think our record will be as we sit here today on July twenty-seventh?
0: I did a record prediction when it first came out. And I believe I had them five and seven. And this is a very interesting year because it seems like the program under Shiano is kind of in the stage of playing for six wins, playing for a bowl game, you know, rather than, you know, years ago, just trying to win a big 10 game. They're kind of back in that sense of they feel like they could win six games and make a bowl, but there's a lot of back and forth games this year, a lot of swing games. And it begins in the opener with Boston college. That's a game that fans are, they believe they can win. Some don't believe they can win. Some think they're gonna go up there and get killed. Um and honestly, when I put together my prediction of the schedule, that was the major swing game, kind of getting them from six and six to down to five and seven. Um I did have them losing the opener, but after that the non conference schedule should be wins and you know they're not going to beat, you know, the Ohio State's, the Michigan State's, the Michigan's, the teams like that. But when you look at an Iowa this year, that's an upset spot with that game being played in Piscataway. Or you look at Indiana, another home game, that should be a win with the state of Indiana's uh, program right now. And then obviously the season finale at Maryland where Rutgers won two years ago. These are all swing games that could go back and forth that Rutgers has a chance to win. But as we know, they're not at the point yet where they can just roll their helmets out on the field and go win a game. You know, everything's going to be a battle for them. But this is an interesting schedule, and it sounds like a bit of a cop-out with not knowing anything yet about this team. But, I mean, week one at Boston College right now looks like the most important game on the schedule, in my opinion.
1: Greg, I doubt this is going to be the last time you're on the crew with us. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and giving your insight onto... uh, you know the football season in general it should be really fun to follow this team and uh yeah do you have anything anything that you like to plug before uh we send you off
0: no nope, nothing to plug anytime you guys want to just talk some sports you know i'm around
1: awesome greg thank you so much for coming on we'll talk to you soon all right